Hello and welcome to episode number 181 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. You are joined by, well, me, Al, and uh, Anton. Hello, Anton. Hello, Alistair. It's great to be back. And um, yeah, Piers, it's just the, the two of us this week. Um, have you heard anything of Mike recently? Well, yeah, he was supposed to be on the show. Genuinely, Mike was wow. supposed to be here. And he has genuinely been on holiday. Uh, unfortunately, he hasn't made it back. He's currently, I think, zipped inside a bag of lost luggage, which... The last I tracked it was somewhere near Mumbai Airport. I'm hoping that by the time we get to next week's show, or possibly even some of the Patreon shows we record during the week, that he will have managed to unzip himself, get back in a different aeroplane, fly back to the UK, and be able to join us for this show. Um, as it happens, he was away celebrating turning old. He had a birthday, he got older, uh, and he went away on holiday and the fool and hasn't made it back to record the show. Yep, I did love it on our, our Discord server where uh, increasingly the wishes went older and older as uh, throughout the day as people wished them happy birthday. It was uh, a great entertaining. You can join our wonderful Patreon Discord community if you want to learn more about that. That can be found out at nsukp.co.uk. Indeed, but if you don't want to become a patron and spend, you know, hard-earned cash on the show, which, by the way, we very much appreciate when people do, uh, you can also show us some love by leaving a review, and that is exactly what Stu2510 did this week, uh, and he, le- he left a review, which it made me chuckle, because the last couple of weeks, I had noticed something that I, I think I was saying a lot, I really noticed you saying it, but I didn't want to call you out on it because it felt like a douche thing to do. <laughs> But Stu called you out on it and fully called me out on it. Stu's review is amazing. It's a five-star review. It's just entitled Great. And it says, I started playing a drinking game where I take a shot every time and someone on this show says, indeed, I'm currently in hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You know, <laughs> it's something that I spotted during the editing and I was like, oh, maybe we just said it a lot in this section, but... Um, wow, yeah, you know, I think we need a, a council to, to keep an eye on us and our linguistic um, uh, mishap, shall we say. Yeah, well, you know, when I first noticed it, I, I really, really noticed it when we did the, or when I was listening to actually you and Mike doing the direct uh, special. That's when it really stood out to me. And I feel you and I may have done a direct special before where I think it stood out to me as well. Just... Mm. Uh, everything I said was followed up with with you going oh, indeed, and I'm feeling fairly sure I do the same thing. So you know I'm equally to blame in this indeedathon. I'm sorry, that's now several indeeds. Oh, I did it again. Oh, you're going to be drunk already. Oh, this is catastrophous. Indeed, you're stepping out of line. I can't believe this <laughs> tomfoolery. <laughs> tomfoolery is on the rise on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But we appreciate the reviews. I love that one. That made us giggle uh if you haven't already left one please do head on over to uh, apple podcasts leave us a review um they they help us climb rankings we genuinely appear in, in quite high up we definitely punch above our weight uh we regularly appear in sort of the top 30 podcasts around the world in various markets from the uk to australia to, to taiwan and all kinds of random places we just pop up and it's wonderful and it's i think largely down to people well a listen to us and b leaving reviews they are very very helpful so head on over leave us a little review and if it makes us chuckle it's even better we do of course read all of them out good or bad anton what have you been playing this week well the day has finally came i have finally completed rogue legacy 2 um it's been done i can 
dust it off and uninstall it, but I'm not going to uninstall it because I'm a digital hoarder and it will remain forever as a monument to my success. Um, there's still so much other stuff that I need to do in it. I am not doing a single thing. I've seen the credits. That counts as me completing it. And currently I'm in gaming limbo because Persona 5 Royale comes out soon and I've got it preloaded and I'm just waiting for that. So I've done a little bit of Sonic Generations. I did another couple more levels of Super Mario 3D World. And God, what else did I do? I think I did a round of Halo. That's been my week, Al. How about yourself? Oh, you've managed to do a lot more gaming than I have. Uh, I I did a teeny tiny little bit on the Xbox last weekend, but I'm not going to mention that because that's an evil console that we don't talk about on this show. Um, On the Switch, I genuinely this afternoon played a bit more Kirby. I'm going through the, I'm going to call it the after game with Sun. So uh, we were progressing through that. He he did some levels by himself and got stuck. I went, Dad, I need your help. So I was trying to help him get through to the boss, but uh, dinner ended up being ready at uh, the exact wrong moment. So we paused it. It is currently in its sort of stave state downstairs, ready to pick up tomorrow to see if we can get him through this this boss. Mm, how have you been finding it? Because uh, even as somebody who has played many a Kirby, it does ramp up a decent bit in the post game. It does, but we're the game's play that we're doing for him is on the, the easy level, so it's, it's uh, really not too bad. It's really not too bad. Mm. And that's probably about my level of gaming skill anyway, to be fair. <laughs> uh, you know, you can only be esports at Fall Guys and so many other games, you know. You, you need to, to pace your, yourself. You don't want to you kind of overdo it. Play to my strengths. I don't want people thinking I'm better than I am. I mean, people then make me want to make me play games. I don't, I don't want to do that. For other people, spectators, I want to do it for my own fun. Anywho, uh, we've got quite a long list of stories to talk about this week. There's been a, a fair amount announced. Should we uh, should we go and dip our toes into the world of news and uh, see if we get wet? Dip your toes in the pond of news. Tell us what people want to know. Story this week is that beyond those hills, uh, that's all one word, by the way. There are no spaces in there. They have announced, I'm going to pronounce it, Riki. Or maybe Reki, R-E-K-Y, for the Nintendo Switch, published by Red Deer, dot, uh, Red Deer Games. It's a minimalistic puzzle game, out now for £9, Anton. Yeah, it is novel-ish. It is a fairly charming looking game. It sort of reminds me of Ecochrome from the PlayStation Portable era, if you recall that title. And it looks very good. It doesn't look outstanding or revolutionary, but just charming, clean, good presentation. Um, sort of mobile phone-esque, but I think there's nothing wrong with this title, Alistair. I think if you're a fan of just simple, you know, do one or two levels, put it away sort of puzzle games, you're onto something here. Yes, it does look a really good game to pick up and play, but I can't help looking at it thinking, I want to pick up and play on my phone. It has phony vibes about it to me. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I just don't know if I could be bothered turning on the Nintendo Switch, navigating to the game, waiting for it to load and playing it. I kind of just want to pick up a phone, quickly press a button, play it, put it away. I don't really know how I feel about whether this belongs on the Switch. And I, I, I think it probably does. I think I'm probably being overly critical and slightly harsh because it's pretty. It's got very, very simple visuals, but it looks like it could be fiendishly difficult to get into it. And... I mean, the basic premise is really simple. Get from point A to point B along a sort of... I'm not even going to say a maze. It's like a puzzling track. 
I don't know. I, I, I can't find a good way of describing this game. Go and, go and Google it. Go see what you think. But do you think £9 feels a bit steep for it? I do. It does feel like a premium-ish phone game. Like, it would be a great Apple Arcade title. Like, it's it's not a cheap title in any way of the word. But I, I can only see so much novelty with this title. So I think this is maybe one for the wish list. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now yeah it is indeed um however if you're a digimon fan then this is probably going to excite you a little bit more bb studios have announced that digimon world next order international edition is coming to the nintendo switch published by as usual bandai namco an open world rpg that's coming out on the 22nd of february next year in japan however we've not got any word on a western release yeah, so the fact that it is finally becoming an international edition, it was exclusively to the PS Vita and uh, PS4 within of the Japanese market. So fingers crossed we do get over here. If you want the elevator pitch of it, is it would have been probably a lot more innovative at the time than it is now. It's very much like Pokemon Legius Arceus, but with less graphics in it. It is Pokemon, swap them out for Digimon, in a big open world, and... It's a little rough. It's shown its age, especially as it is a PS Vita game, tempting to do 3D open world. Uh, but, you know, I think after how long we've had to wait for Digimon Survive, having some more Digimon this quickly is kind of a bit like, wow, where's this coming from? <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said it was a PS Vita game because that explains a lot. Looking at it going, I don't understand what they're doing with this. Why does it look so old school and weird but now i get it it was a port because i didn't really play much vita this completely passed me by i was completely unaware of it but yes that explains a lot and if you're a fan of the digimon world and universe then this is probably good news to you and let's face it it's pretty much guaranteed that it's going to hit the west at some point particularly when they call it an international edition i think it's i think it's a bit of a uh safe gamble put your money on that one happening Let's talk about Coatsync, because they've announced something that looks quite cool. Jurassic World Aftermath Collection is coming to the Nintendo Switch. First-person survival horror game, or technically games, because it's a bundle, coming out on the 10th of November. Now, am I right in saying these were VR games originally? Indeed, it was uh, two um, titles, I believe it was. Aftermath and then um, kind of an Aftermath Part 2 that was kind of a you know DLC, but... Well, it was basically the size of a whole new game and was originally for the Oculus Quest or slash Meta Quest devices. So it should run fairly smoothly on Nintendo Switch. It's a cell-shaded horror title and to be honest, didn't really have that much interactivity outside of running away. So to be honest, I think it might work better on Nintendo Switch than it would have done as a VR title because visually it wasn't the most um, immersive title, was it, Al? Not. 
particularly, it looks really, really cool. And the cel-shaded aesthetic works very nicely for the world of Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs look very, very cool. The whole thing is, is um, I think, as you say, suited very well to the Nintendo Switch. I can't imagine putting on a pair of VR goggles and finding myself in this world. It would have felt a bit off, a little bit wrong, I think, but fits perfectly into the portable world of the Nintendo Switch. I think this is, this is potentially really, really cool. And as you say, you spend a lot of time sprinting away from dinosaurs with a bit of puzzle solving in there uh, and just the kind of stuff you would expect to do. It's probably a bit of collecting because there's always collecting in games. Indeed. I think what is um, quite interesting... <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what's quite uh, funny about this is I, I learned it's part of the JMPU, the Jurassic Park universe, which... See, I, I read this. This was a Nintendo Life, and they were just they were determined to make this a thing. The JPU is not a thing. This was, I'm pretty sure this is them just pulling someone's corn. I mean, they, further I can't article, believe come this. on, we're going to make this a thing. We are. I can't believe I've been bamboozled. Disgusting. You've been duped, my friend, and now you're regurgitating their GPU. You're spreading it. The Jurassic Park universe is not a thing, but <laughs> because it's cool. Uh, you know, it's right up there with the Rocky universe. It's all happening. Ooh, now we should talk about the Rocky universe. Love Rocky. Uh, but not right now. Instead, let's talk a bit more about some more games, and let's specifically talk about I Am 8-Bit and Studio MDHR, who have announced Cuphead Collector's Edition. Which is, it's an absolute bargain, Anton, at $199.99. I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek because it kind of is a bit of a bargain because it comes with some really, really cool swag in it, including a vintage handcrafted cuphead marionette puppet. That's, you know, like Pinocchio, that kind of marionette. It's amazing. It's really, really cool. A mechanical hand-cranked musical box, a unique and classy O sleeve, and a map showcasing the world of Inkwell Isles from Cuphead, all within a premium box showcasing the asbestos safety curtain that can be transformed to display the Cuphead marionette. It's just, the stuff that comes with this is so unique. I have never seen a game do this before, and I think it's so cool, and I'm the last person in the world that should think this about Collector's Edition. Yeah, you know, to be honest, there are so many Collector's Editions out there where it is just tat in the box junk but this one despite its high price i'm like wow that's actually like a real good bundle for fans um to be honest they could have just went ahead and sold the marionette doll for like 150 and it would have been a niche collectible but it would have been a really good niche collectible and then they've got all the extra added bits and bobs i think the music box is real cute this is a, a real nice set, and uh, I think I'm 8-Bit's done an outstanding job putting this collection together. It won't be available alongside the uh, physical release of Cuphead, but will be coming along a little later. I'm glad they announced it beforehand so people aren't buying multiple copies of the title. Um, excited to see unboxings of this one once it launches, because it's real nice. It is. It is really very sweet. Go check it out. It's awesome. Um, our next story, it, well, it made me smile because let's face it i'm rude minded my brain is generally in the gutter these days uh and something called a vtuber before we get into the story anton what the heck is a vtuber is that just someone who puts stuff on youtube or is it a specific thing what's a vtuber so yeah it's a, a vtuber network involved in this drama so vtubers individually are basically a anime persona uh kind of being a YouTuber. So if you think well, about Sonic when... Sonic became a VTuber, didn't he? Sonic became a VTuber. I remember this. Barbie's a VTuber. 
Um, sometimes they're somewhat replicating a real person and it's just in kind of characterized persona in front of it or sometimes it's completely fabricated but the network here you know we're being competitive putting their vtubers against each other creating entertainment and uh, entertainment they did cause al <laughs> yes they did since Ogumi, uh they well they were live streaming splatoon 3 gameplay uh, which sounds cool and wholesome because you know it's splatoon 3 it's incredibly wholesome until you realize the twist uh, and that was where they're using chroma key technology to basically identify where colors were in the screen and overlay, let's just call it adult content. Indeed. Live. So anyone chewing in saw more than they may have bargained for potentially when someone was splattering all over the levels. <clears throat> yeah, so it was multiple VTubers going against each other. So what, if their colour was the opposite of your team's colour, was chroma keyed out like a green screen and replaced with adult content. So like normal Splatoon gameplay, you don't want to, you know, have as much of the map, your colour as possible. But this one um, had an extra twist because it played into the, the algorithms at play. Yeah, it did. It got quite a bit of traction. Um, funnily enough, it also got a bit of attention uh, from, well, both YouTube and Nintendo, uh, and not maybe the best kind of attention. Uh, they, I mean, it was an interesting premise because they basically set this up knowing they were going to get in trouble. The whole point of this, the, the main goal was to get your team banned from YouTube. <laughs> that was what you were trying to do. So, you know, they knew what they were getting into. Uh, sure enough, Sinsugumi has issued an apology because they sort of had to, and Nintendo's corporate Twitter reinforced that Nintendo reserves the right to remove videos if they're found to combine Nintendo games with inappropriate content, which I think it's safe to say this probably did, Anton. Yeah, it's, um, yes, yeah, so the the idea that, you know, you want your colours team on as much of the map so the opposite team gets banned is madness it's it's literally them betting their careers as digital creators because if you don't have a youtube account you're not a vtuber and if you're not a vtuber you're in the abyss so you can't go work at like tesco you're in the abyss <laughs> and uh yeah nintendo having a comment on this i've seen some mixed response on it you know people don't like nintendo stepping in at all because people think gameplay should be free to use and you know it's people believe it's fair use and there is a great area that has never really been truly battled to hone in whether or not footage of gameplay is fair use and but you know if nintendo's ever going to abuse that power like they used to and uh, this is you know definitely a territory for them to give it a bash it is it is indeed i mean to be fair it's actually worth just point here there's a bit of nuance here and nintendo didn't actually directly reference this particular incident in their tweet they made no actual connection to it they just put it on the twitter a statement reminding people about its streaming policies and fair use coincidence probably not <laughs> anyway i enjoyed that story because as i said it was rude uh Let's talk about a story that I don't enjoy quite so much, and that is concerning Platinum Games, who have revealed that Helena Taylor um, will not be voicing Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3 due to scheduling issues. Apparently. Helena Taylor's got something different to say about that that went on. Indeed. So we covered this last week that, you know, she's not returning. Uh, Platinum Games put out their reasoning. 
But it turns out that's not the the case. Uh, Helena Taylor put out basically, I think, four or five tweet videos that are about a minute, two minutes each, and went for the full story and basically got offered at a rate that seemed completely disproportional to the amount of work that was expected of her. Um, And she got up to the top of the company, um, basically wrote a letter to Hidea Kaima, uh, head of Platinum Games, and uh, yeah, final offer. £4,000 for the entire game, flat rate, no residuals. Uh, what a tale, Alistair. Yeah, I mean, voice acting is, is quite a skill. Not just anybody can do it. Uh, and as she pointed out, where she was, well, I think she was off $4,000. It wasn't even pounds, albeit that's pretty much parity these days. But she pointed out the first two games generated $450 million. And that's excluding merchandising. So, you know, it made quite a bit of money. Now, admittedly, they've got a lot of costs. They've got to pay all the developers, artists, the shareholders, the marketing people, the whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of a lot goes into those games. But that's also not a lot of work. A lot of work, sorry. $4,000 feels like it probably isn't enough. But in all honesty, I don't know how much time an artist spends in a studio recording lines for games. I have no concept of whether that's a day, a week, a month... Two months. I don't know. I suspect they can probably get through it in maybe a week. Maybe a week and a half. In which case, well, $4,000 for a week, week and a half of your time. Doesn't actually sound unreasonable to me, but I don't make anything close to that. Maybe being a professional with, uh, maybe used to, shall we say, higher paydays for their skill and their job, but I don't really know where I stand on that. What, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, I, I can't speak specifically to the the character work in terms of voice acting, but what I do know of hiring voice actors within of the commercial setting of doing the adverts and stuff like that, this is very low. Where you know, simple one minute, thirty minute adverts, uh, one minute um, adverts can get up into the grand territories if you're wanting something very bespoke and that's not even talking about developing a voice for a character and the range you need to apply for a character so considering the range and scale of a game it is uh, quite despicable uh, to see see this sort of number um, and yeah I totally understand her not taking the role and um, yeah it's almost sad to, to see that somebody you know lowered on the, the ladders taken that had to take that job um for the prices it's offering you know I, I i just i'd like to know how much time is involved in that particular job because i mean i generally feel that most i'm just gonna say famous people i'm gonna because this covers everything from sports stars to movie stars anybody who's sort of famous i feel that they generally get overpaid for what they're doing now i'm not saying helena is famous and i'm not saying that four thousand pounds is being overpaid but it does feel like a very hefty payday for what I from what my impression of the work involved would be I, I've paid to commission adverts before I know how much they cost to get voice actors in it's always felt exceedingly expensive but that's been from the purchasing side I genuinely have no idea how much effort and time goes into these things so I've not I've not complained about paying it I've never paid thousands before I've paid like 150 quid for a 20 second advert that's, and yeah. that comes with all the, the costs of um, you know producing and all the various bits and pieces and radio stations taking their cut and all that kind of stuff it's kind of fair enough i've always thought yeah but the the thing that's interesting is she has requested fans to boycott the game and it's interesting where i I just 
I don't see this ever happening. Um, you know, fans love this franchise and they want to see more entries in it. They've waited such a long time. It seems very unrealistic that anyone's going to actually boycott the game under this. Maybe if there was other factors at play, it could have had a cumulative effect, but uh, I think that's a, a bit unrealistic. I think so too. And I mean, interestingly, Hideki Kamiya, why are we struggling to say his name? Hideki Kamiya, that's how you pronounce it. I got it right that time. It's interesting. He has actually publicly responded to her comments and he's basically described the whole drama as sad and deplorable. Or he said it's sad and deplorable about the truth of untruth. So I don't really know what that even means. You can interpret it several different ways. I think that is basically discrediting the claims that are being made in a way that is very indirect and uh, unsuable. (laughs) That's my theory there. Fake news! Fake news! I mean, you just can't... I have no idea who to believe. I I have no idea. And frankly, I'm bored of this conversation. I think we should move on and go and talk about Minecon 2022 that happened this week. Uh, My son watched the, the latter half of it. I showed him the bits about... Was it Minecraft version... Uh, 1.2 that's coming out next year something like that he, he watched that bit of it i didn't bother introducing him to the minecraft dungeons and whatnot but there was a lot announced anton do you want to take us through everything that they that they uh, imparted to us indeed so we got to get some new trailer indeed. for our minecraft legends and indeed it's coming together very well it looks to be honest a bit complicated for me but it is interesting to see the strategy elements at play here. It's once again like Minecraft Dungeons taking a genre that's not very accessible or not very popular amongst kids and younger players and then you know, pedestrianising it, making it a little bit more friendlier and then also wrapping it up in a Minecraft wrapper. We've got a release date or release window for that title of Spring 2023. We also got an announcement of a Batman DLC that'll be coming to the marketplace and we'll probably have a whole bunch of skins, a map and miscellaneous mechanics like that. We'll probably end up covering it later at some point. Uh, We also got to vote on the new mob. They do this every year where they'll show free mobs and then throughout Minecon they'll give an update on the numbers and eliminate some of the failed ones that aren't going to be added to the game. And the one that won was uh, the Sniffer, which looks like a big hairy dog. I kind of love him. Then they went on to announce season three of Minecraft Dungeons, uh, uh, Fauna, Flare, it's new items, new companions, some new quests, and then there's like a challenge tower. Looks very good. That's launching on the 19th of September, so it's already launched. Go play it. (laughs) And they've also announced um, a spooky fall event, which is starting up on the 26th of October through to the 9th of November, and you can get limited time spooky rewards, but... Finally, the most exciting part is uh, Minecraft 1.20. They've done this very uniquely this time where the last couple updates that they've done for Minecraft, they've came out and announced a whole bunch of stuff and majority of it gets in, but one of two features doesn't get in and then everybody hones in and gets super angry about that. Or in the case of the Cliffs and Caves updates, they had to split the update in half because it became so big. So they've switched up the the tone this year by only announcing features that are 100% done and could be shipped today and then they're going to be throughout the coming months with the snapshots of the early access. You'll be able to see as they add more stuff to it and the final identity of the update will be formed. 
in this new one, they're adding a whole bunch of characters to go alongside Steve and Alex. They're adding some hang signs, which is a brilliant use to add chainmail and more relevant gameplay. Uh, bamboo, and that includes bamboo rafts. Chiseled bootcases, which can be used with redstone, and camels, which can be ridden by two people and go very fast in a straight line, unlike the horses, which are less fast in a straight line. It's I new updates. I was very excited about the camels, because apparently you can sit on your camel and mobs can't reach you because you're higher up than the mobs can reach. Yeah, that that you know that's the future of gameplay there. <laughs> the things I learned from that child, I mean, he is a wealth of Minecraft information and he seemed quite excited about this, albeit he was telling me that this isn't coming until next year, Daddy. So, okay, sure. Don't don't That's be investing your mine coins into the mine cost craft stonks, Al. You've been told. Yeah, apparently so. So yes, there we go. Lots of really really cool stuff. Certainly, kiddos seem very excited by it. And uh, for those people who are Minecraft fans out there, I imagine it's very exciting. You still play Minecraft on a fairly regular basis, do you, Anton? Indeed, yeah, and it's uh, kind of interesting where the longer the game goes along, and they actually mentioned this with the camel with its sharing similarities to the horses, is they were like, yeah, you know, as the game goes along, the more likely when we add stuff that's going to have more similarities to what's ready in the sandbox, you know, we can't constantly reinvent the wheel, we can only just make that wheel shinier and add more depth to it and i think this is a brilliant example of it you know adding more utility to chains adding more utility to bamboo adding a, a basically a regional version of a horse almost in the form of the camel and you know making bootcases functional in the form of the chiseled bootcase you know it's just adding depth to already very very rich game and i think the you know only showing what you've got finish will be a smart move for them in the long haul, even if it's not the most exciting for headlines right now. Very cool. All right, that's all of the main news. I think it's time that we speed on over to turbo mode. Ah, yes. All right, as normal, I am going to rattle through a whole load of stories and then you can pick out which ones from this list you actually want to expound upon and give us your deep and meaningful and very insightful thoughts. So, let's talk about... The new Bayonetta 3 Witching Hour trailer showcased in 2D infiltration gameplay. Sonic Frontiers is getting Monster Hunter DLC on the 14th of November 2022 for free, that's one week after the game is released. Splatoon 3's Amiibos are getting a release date of the 11th of November. Clive and Wrench gets a release date of February 2023, finally. The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure gets a release of the 17th of March 2023. Are they going to Microsoft server? I don't understand. Uh, Private Division announces Oli Oli World DLC called Finding the Flow Zone. It's a nautical-themed DLC coming out on the 2nd of November. Bastion and Torbjor have have been removed from Overwatch 2 due to balancing issues. The Nintendo Switch OS version 15.0.0 has launched, featuring, well, very exciting stuff. A new location for the Bluetooth audio settings. Woo! You can now take screenshots in the Nintendo Switch online application. Woo! And there's some new Pro Controller Bluetooth firmware. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Nintendo Japan has announced a trainer-sized Garchomp plush. That sounds familiar. We had one of those a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't a Garchomp. Uh, And then, wow, we need to talk about this one later. Tag her, the watch guys. They have announced Tag her Formula One X Mario Kart line. They've released two limited edition watches. The chronograph for, are you ready? Three and a half thousand pounds. 3,550. And then the 2 billion chronograph for 
£250. If you're keen to go spend your hard-earned money on a Mario watch, registration opens on the 17th of October, which is today for the chronograph, and the 20th for the Tour Billions chronograph. Wow. Okay. Two unreleased, one-of-a-kind, never-digitised games for the NES have appeared on eBay. The first one is Battlefields of Napoleon from 1988 and it features box art and the other is a game for the Power Glove developed by Rare. The upcoming Persona game ports are being developed by Sega, which is kind of cool. Nintendo's hiring agency, Aston Carter, who I think we've mentioned before on this show because they have, uh, pretty sure it was them that was involved in legal cases, they have agreed to pay tester Mackenzie Clifton, who was fired earlier this year, $25,000 or $25,910 if you want to be specific, as part of a settlement over a union-busting complaint. Nintendo will also have to post notice of settlement in its offices. The notice will make expensive Explicit to, uh, to Nintendo of America employees that they have the right to form a union and that Clifton, who Nintendo previously claimed was fired over an NDA breach, will be made whole. Intriguing. Radiant Silvergun is getting a physical release, courtesy of Limited Run Games. There's a standard, steelbook, and a collector's edition available. And finally, Splatoon 3 in Japan, or sorry, Splatoon 3 is Japan's best-selling game of 2022. That is quite the beefy list this week, Anton. Yeah, some interesting stuff in there. Uh, I'm particularly glad to hear the talented team at Atlas isn't getting bogged down with ports and some, you know, less creative teams are handling the boring job uh, just because they're on such a roll. I want to see what else they have to offer and uh, I'm glad that we're getting the games after all. It is uh, fun to see these over-the-top uh, Mario Kart watches. Um, I think the chronograph's a little expensive. If you're not familiar, that basically means it has a stopwatch in it. Uh, the Turbolon is actually quite a reasonable price. Uh, you can get cheaper Turbolons, but £20,000 is, is that you to Turbillon, not Turbillion then? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Turbillion. can go for like 40 to 60,000. It is basically, the idea is gravity will have an effect on the gears inside the watches. So they're in a, basically a gimbal. They put the balance wheel and the escapement in a rotating motion. So it's always kind of counterbalanced throughout time and is more accurate for watch nuts. Uh, what are you? You're a watch person. Are you a watch person? Uh, I know bits and pieces. <laughs> I know um, nothing about them. I just looked at this and went, who the hell is going to pay that much money for a watch with Mario on it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I'm not a fan of Tag Heuer generally, so... Um, the chronograph is just, it's a lot of money, but I guess people, you know, watches appreciate and a Mario collector's item would appreciate, but, you know, watches will last for hundreds of years, uh, while the Mario Kart IP lasts for hundreds of years. Um, only time will tell. <laughs> you know what, I've never thought about that. I've just always assumed a Mario Kart would go on. Mario Kart will endure. You know. Uh, we're getting up to that interesting point in time because we're only now getting IPs going past 100 in the form of uh, Winnie the Pooh and Mickey Mouse. So we're on unprecedented territory, Alistair. But overall, how about yourself? What's sticking out this week from this week's Turbo Mode? I mean, the watches were obviously right up there. And uh, interestingly, I am quite intrigued by the Switch OS version 15 because on the surface, it looks really boring. There's really very little of any interest in there. But I'm also intrigued as to what they have been doing because most of the things are backwards, inward-looking things that have been changing. So 
they changed the handling for Ethernet adapters. It was moved to its own dedicated little OS module. Um, they've obviously upgraded the firmware for the Bluetooth Pro Controller. I don't really know why. I don't know if that's addressing an issue, a security flaw, or if they're doing something else. If this was just a pre-work, I don't really know. Uh, and it just it was a just a really interesting odd little update and particularly given it was a main update it wasn't a sub it wasn't like a 14 point it was branded as a 15 update it is significant but not at the same time have you got any insight here at all yeah it's kind of an interesting middle ground we usually get the the kind of on the dot numbers which adds actual features and then we get the just kind of point not updates that you know do the little bug fixes this is neither features or bug fixes it's kind of in the middle here and overall it does seem like we're over to a big update for the os not you know revolutionizing it but you know in the same way that we had that update that added folders or we had the update that added the nintendo switch online app to the kind of main bottom taskbar uh, it's been a while since we've had any noteworthy features, uh, so I'd like to see something eventually. It's been very slim pickings for improvements, and I think especially if the Switch is going to become a multi-generational product, as rumours are speculating, um, it would make sense for them to just upgrade the operating system the same way that Xbox has upgraded the operating system, rather than starting fresh with the brand new console. Yeah, I suppose they might still be limited by the current hardware, depending on what the next hardware ends up being. Uh, I mean, I'm intrigued to see where they go. I just sort of feel that this was laying the groundworks for something rather than actually being something, but who am I? I, I, I know not. The other thing I actually thought looked quite cool was Clive and Wrench, because it just tweaked my nostalgic funny bone a little bit. I, I just, It's just a bright, vibrant platformer. But it looks really good. It reminds me of all these good things like, you know, um, uh, Banjo-Kazooie and uh, Ratchet and Clank and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Just good old-fashioned platformers with a bit of joy and happiness to them. And I really like it. And I also love the sort of the corny uh, announcement trailer because they had the they basically bolted a bit on to when they made their announcement trailer saying they were delaying it. They then had a character pop up and they stick, stuck a poster over the poster saying it was being delayed saying... We're releasing it in February, coming 2023. It's like, like that. It was just just nice the way they did it. It's brought some goodwill on my, my part. I, I'm feeling good about this title, Anton. Yeah, and I think on the topic of goodwill, let's hold our fingers crossed that the people that buy the two never digitize, so there's no ROMs of these games, uh, NES games digitize them. You know, especially that rare game. I want to see what that's all about because we have no idea. Um, and there's so little games that have intentional use of the power glove. I'm excited to see what that's all about, Al. Yeah, I've not actually gone. I saw the story. I've not actually gone and looked in depth. So, what is it they're actually selling? Is it lines of code? What What is it? So they're selling the cartridges um, that have you know have these unreleased games, and they're also selling a bunch of paperwork to go along for, especially. Uh, Battlefields of Napoleon, and yeah, just selling the cartridges. What is uncommon about them, and what's never really been done since you know mid two thousands era, is that these ones haven't been touched by any you know ROM ripping software. Uh, maybe the people are just unfamiliar with it. Maybe the original collector unintentionally didn't do it because you do find that by taking the ROMs off of the cartridges and making them freely available does depreciate the value. So 
Um, some people like to keep the files on there and you know have the super much rich uh, expensive collectible some people are very much like this should be free for everyone um let's hope that these are shared but uh you never know never know indeed the one i actually thought you might pick up which i don't think you did was the sonic frontiers monster hunter dlc that one sort of took me by surprise i wasn't expecting monster hunter dlc to appear in sonic frontiers it looks quite cool I mean, I, I love it. It's random. There's quite a lot of DLC being announced for Sonic Frontiers already, despite the fact we don't have the game. But this one just looks fun and, to me, was very unexpected. Indeed, it's a, a bit of a, a left field for a DLC choice for Sonic Frontiers. You know, if I was expecting anything, I would have been like, oh, they're going to add the Joker from Persona 5. They're going <laughs> to you know, tie it into Total War somehow. But no, a, a Capcom game, which I believe there are some... Sonic DLC in the, the most recent Monster Hunter, so maybe just eeksy peeksies with their DLC, which, you know, that's one way to do it. Share the love. Why not? Yeah. So um, that, that's it for Turbo Mode, unless there's anything you still really want to talk about that we've not pulled out, teased out so far. You, you good? You happy? I think I'm happy, Al. In that case, let's uh, swim on over to the rumours pool. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Well, I say rumours pool, it's the rumour pool because we only have one this week uh, and it is that Sephiroth and Kazuya Amiibos have been leaked at the Zurich Popcorn and Game Show. That's kind of cool. Are you excited, Anton? Uh, I'm excited for the collection to be complete. (laughs) I'm going to take that as a no. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, you know, I think the slowed down release schedule of Amiibos is kind of indicative that the hype train is slowly um, winding down for Amiibos generally. To be honest, I'm remarkably surprised that Splatoon 3 even got Amiibos, uh, just because it doesn't seem to be Nintendo's main focus right now. But I hope that regardless of anything, they complete the Super Smash Bros. set, uh, because that is just going to be such a conclusive collection of you know, similarly produced, similarly designed figures that Cronlog's just an ever great collection of all of gaming's greatest characters, 15 of which are from Fire Emblem. Uh, it's going to be a great collection. <laughs> I just think it's cool getting an amiibo of Kazuya. I mean, just, if you went back 20 years ago and told me you're going to get a, sort of a, a, a PlayStation, I feel like Tekken was only on PlayStation, I think. Yeah, for a good bet. At least and the now first you can three. get an amiibo of him. I just think it's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, I won't lie, I was looking at the Sephiroth one and the one thing I was thinking, I was like, wow, that's an incredibly thin sword to maybe accidentally break dusting. <laughs> it, it is. I presume, I mean, I've never owned an Amiibo. What kind of plastic is it? Is it relatively bendy or is it super brittle? It is fairly tough plastic, um, but it is an especially thin sword. It's uh, walking a thin line. Well-crafted. Let's go with well-crafted. That's yes. what it is. Cool. Well, I think that kind of brings us to the end of our news. Without Mike... You know, being in that suitcase in, um, I think it was, was it Mumbai, I think we decided he was at uh, last time we checked, uh, that we, we can't do a quiz. There is a quiz prepared. It is all ready, but he's not here. So just assume that he lost. Assume he's outraged because I was nitpicking about something and he got really grumpy about it. He's going to bug me about it for the next week in WhatsApp. And uh, eventually he'll win another one and get closer to Anton, but we'll never get past him. Just assume that that is what has happened. Got it? Good. We're all on the same page. So, Anton. What else do we need to cover? What have we not talked about? Oh, 
yes. So uh, I think that the main things are, if you want to reach out, get in touch and uh, share your thoughts, we are on social media. That is NSUK Podcast. That's on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we also have the website, as previously mentioned, that is nsukp.co.uk, where you can learn all about everything we do. The Patreon, extra shows, uh, videos and learn about it all there. And you can also get links there. We're on the email if you want to send an email directly to the one and only Alistair that is podcast at nsukp.co.uk and as we mentioned earlier in the show we super appreciate all the the reviews on Apple Podcast really helps bumps us up and fight uh you know above our weight class and you know it's a perfect opportunity to practice your five minute set you know see, see if you can get a chuckle Indeed. And if you're a Nintendo 64 tier patron, uh, you'll be pleased here. Anton is currently working on some awesome artwork for the mug that, to be fair, I think was actually due it last month. But we're getting there because apparently we're always behind schedule. But it's coming and it's going to be awesome and I can't wait for it to go out. So, yeah, watch this space. I think on that note, it's time for us to wrap up. So I'm just going to say cheerio. Au revoir.